Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly with How Low Can We Go? 55% Malevolent. And, and there's the silence because everyone's like, Malevolent? Is that malignant? Is that what is that? Male- is that malevolence? Because this is a pretty Maleficent? generic. <laughs> is it Maleficent? Right. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of ger- generic versions of this title being used. Yes. Around. Okay. So, How Low Can We Go? Where we start yes. at 59%, work our way down one point at a time. Sammy Hagar can't drive this fast. <laughs> you should drop that in. Will that get us there? 55! <laughs> oh, you're just going to manually I'll do it. Let's do it. That's just expensive. <laughs> you can't. You, you, think, you think we can you afford us. Sammy Hagar for this shit, dude? No, the lazy, you just saved us like $55,000. Yeah. <laughs> that better be how much that song costs. Right? License. It's increments of 55 blocks of 5,500. Yeah, you can only use 55 seconds on it. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, okay. So, this movie stars Florence Pugh. Um, it, it's a really interesting cast. I, I don't want to spoil the credits of the, the one actress that we're going to talk about, but um, it's uh, basically kind of like the last exorcism of the plot. It's a group of people who are quote-unquote paranormal investigators but are faking it. They're con artists. So, they do con some people. We see that actually transpire, and then they get called on to another job where they hit the real yeah, like paranormal the way, stuff. The way you described it to me, because I knew nothing about it. Right. Like, I as do, no I, one listening knew well, anything. I'm about so it. used. To, so like, with how <laughs> can we go? I'm so used to us like trying to like. So like, we pick a movie, mm-hmm. but then there's an added challenge of like, even when we pick a movie, we don't know where it's streaming. Like, we have to find it somehow. Yeah. Right. And we're just picking it and then figuring everything. Yeah, out Yeah, and afterwards. then we just yeah because it's about which one we pick. That's the fun. Right. Yeah, and so when you were like, it's on Netflix. I was like, hmm, that leads me to two. <laughs> <laughs> leads me to two things. Yes. Yeah, One, it's going to suck. <laughs> One, it's going to suck. Or two, it's going to suck. <laughs> so, that was my two. That's such a giveaway. I think that this movie is this series, The Unborn. I think this is the Jumbie I, of the series. I kind of got early 2000. This movie felt like it should have been made in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's set in the 80s, but doesn't feel like it's dude, set there's in the 80s no, at all. There like, is zero reason this movie should have taken place in the 80s. Zero. I actually have a theory about that. I, 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 it's fun. I kind of appreciated what happened here. It was like, it was like they set it in the 80s. And then they thought, we just don't want to copy what anyone else has done. So let's take out anything anyone else has done. And they took out everything. <laughs> yeah. And it ended up here. There's a great story about the writer, Sable Becca and James Joyce. They're like uh, literary figures. And the, the, the one guy, he, James Joyce taught Samuel Beckett. And Samuel Beckett always felt like he was writing like his teacher. And he hated it. So he taught himself French. He wrote novels in French and then translated them back into English. He filtered out his teacher's voice wow. by doing that. And that's what, I feel like they filtered out the 80s. And this is what you get. You get like photo negative 80s or something. Yeah, it was it was so it was so weird. Like there's because <laughs> when it when it started, I was like, oh, like this is going to be kind of like a like a period piece. Like, it's going to be the mm-hmm. 80s. Like that's going to be cool. <laughs> because the only other one that's really been a, a, a period piece was Taste the Blood of Dracula. Right. And I was like, "What's this Netflix? This guy, this apparently has you know Netflix behind it. Maybe they got a budget. This will be like Stranger Things, right? You know, do, do. Or whatever. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> Taste the blood of Dracula just whopped you with, its, you know, costumes and stuff. It's amazing that that happened that way. It's it's so weird and interesting that that it ended Did they up. They have a reason. So, but, no. <laughs> okay. No, I, don't, I don't. I don't think there's a reason. But here's I, uh, the real thing is I think that this movie. 
Yeah, I think this movie sits in the monolithic shadow of The Conjuring. And I think almost all paranormal movies made two, two things. sit in the shadow of The Conjuring. So it's set in The Conjuring. Yes. It's not set in the 80s or any time period. It's set in The Conjuring. <laughs> Conjuring is... <laughs> it, it's funny. I felt I felt a little bit like it was in the shadow of The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. But then I also... It's so weird. And this is why I think Mike Flanagan is the best working... I like, was hoping horror director. He, that dude has reprogrammed my brain of how I watch yeah. ghost like movies and shows. I was so hoping you'd do that. Yeah, the whole time I'm watching this movie, uh, I was looking at like the windows, thinking like, "Ooh, maybe we'll see a face of something right. here or something." Right. Like, we'll have a little bit more, you know, <laughs> right. pizzazz right. to it. None. <laughs> the pizzazz <laughs> went up with the '80s, <laughs> '80s theme, <laughs> right? Um. But I, I found myself doing things that I, I would do when I'm watching uh, uh, Hill House or Bly Manor. Sure. Or Midnight Mass, right? Yeah. And I and it was kind of a letdown. Cause, yeah. Because you're yeah, like anticipating could, like that I love this movie, so I'm going to fight for it. But I could totally see that because I thought it while I was watching it. Yeah. I was like, how much? Because the problem is there are two ways to go with something like this, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's really three ways to go. The one way is just like the really paranormal activity, like just low budget, you know, stripped down, you know, straight, straight on whatever it is, is just do the paranormal part. Forget the characters. And mm-hmm. the other thing is you could do it like really elaborate, like really big budget, like Netflix. You would think Netflix would do it, but they didn't do it. Right. I, this, I have a feeling this was produced and Netflix bought it. I have a, I have a that gut, could I have a totally gut be. But, and, but I don't know. But I don't know. I'm pulling that out of my ass. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. It, yeah. The thing is, if Mike Flanagan, if I had Mike Flanagan in my mind while I was watching this, I would feel let down too. I, I just think to myself that this one was caught in between. It was trying to be serious enough that it was doing Flanagan esque things. And so then your, then your brain went there, right? But it, if it had just done Saw, your brain wouldn't have gone there. But the problem was it was sort of doing, like I said, House of Wax plus Woman in Black. That sold me on it. That made me really <laughs> right. excited to watch it. Right. I, I, it just kind of looked really generic right? Totally. at first. But then I was like, Woman in Black with House of Wax is a really mm-hmm. kind of cool combo, which is totally. funny because I don't really like Woman in Black. I think it's kind of boring. <laughs> right. Right, but I right. love House of Wax. That's so interesting. So I was like, well, let's just see how this how this movie plays right. out. Uh, I'll just say right now, the second half is a different movie. <laughs> I was really yes. bored with the first half. Sure. Really There's a lot of setup that goes on. Oh, my God. But it's, I actually love the setup part because... That the, was... Because, yeah. the, well, the thing to me was that they... So first of all, paranormal movies are good at being episodic, right? So like whatever starts a movie, I think of could be small, medium, or large, right? So the, the small version is Jason Lives. You get like a fun 90-second segment or however long mm-hmm. that opening goes. They cut to the James Bond credits, and then you're in Friday the 13th. And you don't think about that scene again, except for you know the implications of whatever happened in the scene. But it's really short. Halloween 2018 was longer, right? Like you follow the podcasters all the way to meet Michael Myers, and then, then it goes to the credits or whatever. This one is like the first 20 minutes of the movie – before you even find out about Mrs. Green, which is the main plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it is a big chunk of this movie that's just totally not related to the rest of the movie. Yeah, they spend a lot of time setting up the fact that, one, mom's dead. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, she does have a gift. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... 
They spent a lot of time. They, I mean, there, there's a string where like every other sentence is when mom died, <laughs> when mom clawed her eyes out, yep. when mom jumped off a roof. You know, yep. they, they, it's just mom, 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 mom. I think Florence Pugh's performance was so good, I wasn't noticing it, but that's totally there. You're right. She was incredible. She mm. was great, as always. The brother, the <laughs> Jackson. Jackson was yeah. a little, little stiff. So Jackson Until had a end. difficult. Yeah. Well, I, I know. I know he sold himself to you a little bit at the end, so that's yeah. awesome. But I, the thing about Jackson was he had a particularly hard challenge. He has to get right up in the camera. They kept making him fourth wallet. Yeah. Right? Like, he, he was helping her con people. And whenever they had doubts, he was, like, the closer or the recloser. He had to get right up in their face and be like, I guarantee you we will cleanse this house of all the voices and demons and you have my word and the care he would go right up into the camera i'm like he's not gonna act you right now to do that really. why do you do that but it worked kind of because the character is not up to what he's being asked to do at any time in his life yeah and we're saying the actor is the same. So it kind of lined up. Right? I, 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 I kind of was like lost track of, is this is he the character or is he just not, is he just doing corny acting? I couldn't, but then I was like, wait, maybe he's just representing the character. Yeah. I, I that, that is interesting. I, it, for me, it came sure. off as like kind of generic and weak. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it was a mixed bag of acting, but for some reason, and this is, I don't know if an actor's ever done this in a movie for, but like it, it like a light switched, like it flipped the moment. Um, Cause throughout the whole movie, he's doubting uh, what's Florence Pugh's Angela, Angela. He's doubting that Angela can see stuff because his mom saw stuff and they all think it's, it's crazy. But you, as the audience, you know that she's definitely seeing some shit like her mom. Right. And the, so the, the a- Angela can see it. The brother doesn't believe she can see it. He doesn't see it at all. Doesn't see it at all. The, I don't remember if he knew that my, his mom actually saw it or just thought she was crazy. I think he thought he, she was nuts. She, so he didn't believe in any of it. Okay. No. Just and, like grand, the but grandfather. But she clawed her own eyes out. So Like she, a normal person. Right, right. Um. But the moment he saw the ghost and his, what is it with like when you use too much brain power, your nose is like, I better bleed. Yeah. No one's ever like bleeding like out their ass. a fire starter. Thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, you know. <laughs> that movie's been made. We've never seen it. <laughs> we've never seen it. We've never seen it. Um, it's never been released. <laughs> but the moment when his nose started bleeding and he saw it, I thought that was such a cool moment. Yeah. And the character completely flipped. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh. Whatever the character's going through here, that dude is way better at acting. Interesting. In that okay. in that moment. But but that but that No, but that's so funny because I'm so glad you said that because this character is Charlie's dad in Firestarter. Yeah. Right? Like just he's trying to make things work and get from point A to point B and like whatever, but he's in trouble. This guy's got loan sharks after him and you know, he's he gets beat up at one point, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. Trying he's, to he was a lot of people money. He, he was, he was his grandfather he, money. He, he was, was a, he was a mess. Florence Pugh is amazing. I w- I just want to say something real quick because I got to tell you what this is mind boggling, right? So the acting in here is actually really good overall, obviously, but um, Florence Pugh is amazing. She's it's hard to like act like next to her when you're not like <laughs> like she was really like in top. Of the line. Right, but and also what's weird is that it's really minimalist though. It doesn't seem like she's doing a lot at any moments. Elizabeth Moss does this, right? Where they're really still and just micro expressions 
are are amazing. I totally thought of Elizabeth Banks <laughs> when you first said that, and I was like, I never took you as like a Elizabeth. <laughs> Never took you. Never did any fancy her as an actress. No, but but yeah, Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Celia Imrie is uh, playing Mrs. Green, who obviously spoilers galore. It turns out to be, uh, I guess, the main villain of this, right? Ever, but her, her, she was voted one of the most successful British actresses of her generation in two thousand three. Right. And the idea of her and Florence Pugh just acting against each other in scenes like basically by themselves with a couple ghosts. It's like that Silence of the Lambs dynamic. It's literally like Jodie Foster or Anthony Hopkins. It's it feels like that level of when they're going after each other. But my favorite when this is amazing to me. So there's a motif in here where the villain is haunted by the screaming of these girls. Well, she's not haunted. She is eventually, but she she hates the screaming of these girls. She takes it out of the girls and she wants to sew their mouths shut and cut out their tongues, presumably. And that's what she keeps. She wants things quiet. She's really into quiet. She mm-hmm. keeps being like, you be quiet or keep it quiet or hush or sure. She says every synonym. She's like a thesaurus of quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's a, she's, so she's the one sewing the mouth shut, right? There's a moment when she turns on Jackson and says, you paranormal investigators are, are a fraud. You're acting. You're, she's like, I want you out of my house immediately. And he starts doing the thing. This is the thing. When he's, he has to save it. He's the recloser. So he's like, I give you my word, Mrs. Green. We're going to pull this off, Mrs. Green. And she goes, be quiet. And you know that it's the exact way she sounded when she snapped and did the thing to the girls. And the way she delivers just that line is amazing, right? And so she's pulling off that stuff. Florence Pugh, when she goes killer, she's scarier than almost anything else in this movie when she gets really mad at the end. So she's got this amazing acting. And the fact that they're bouncing off each other, I just feel like is a different level than like what you expect this movie to be when you say it's on Netflix and all that stuff. There are things, those things that were happening there were amazing to me that don't belong in movies that are 55% of Rotten Tomatoes on Netflix. (laughs) What I think was really cool is how um, the cameraman was an actual crash test dummy. (laughs) Like that guy, (laughs) holy smokes. <laughs> that dude, listen, he took a real beating. I'm surprised. <laughs> like he reminded me of um, uh, there was an achievement in the video game Team Fortress Two where you play as the heavy. He's a big guy with a lot of health and a minigun. Okay, and there's an achievement you got called Rasputin, and it was like get be caught on. You have to like get caught on fire, mm-hmm. a bunch of damage from like a bunch of different characters, and mm-hmm. then survive. And all I, I kept thinking about that because this camera guy he follows around Florence Pugh while she's doing her. Who knew camera guys were this tough? Well, they're not. I've <laughs> I've worked with them. They're, <laughs> they're pretty. So boys, you're saying yeah. it's unrealistic? It's very unrealistic. Right. Um, <laughs> he falls through, and he falls like it looks like two stories. Like yeah. he falls s- significant height. Yeah, breaks his ankle, and I love how every horror. This doesn't movie, bother you in Home Alone. No, Home Alone. <laughs> I mean, it is Home Alone. He home alone his way. He home alone himself. <laughs> like he just, which doesn't happen. Usually, there's some little shit on the other side. And we just watched Daniel Stern. So this is, I know he's that's... he's just made out of Daniel Stern. Like whatever he's, made... he's got that Daniel Stern <laughs> material. He's made out of Daniel Stern material. My, I'll, I'll say this: How come in a, in every horror movie, like I've seen, like when people break their ankles in like sports, like you see it all the time. 
Yeah. Like it just it just kind of bends funny, and then mm-hmm. for like a half a second, anytime someone breaks their ankle in a horror movie, it's like a gaping wound. <laughs> So, I, I just, bones extreme yeah, yeah, oh, and i was just kind of watching it like, for some yeah. reason it that because like how many horror movies have we watched where someone falls through a thing and their leg breaks right, right. for some reason right. watching this one was, was when i drew the line and i was like <laughs> why is it always gonna that's amazing gonna it's like how every car in the 80s blew up when it hit anything like, yeah it just burst into a ball of fire well you're like we all have exploding ankles now what is happening <laughs> it's, it's funny you mentioned the 80s this film, this film had, had like a fucking yardstick in front of it with the 80s like no stay away <laughs> we can't let you look like the 80s uh he falls okay so he yes. falls through the floor yes he does and he, then he, he like hoists himself up. <laughs> yeah the- <laughs> And then, and then and well, then, I said he's like Gina Davis's boyfriend in The Fly. He like crutches his way over to his slowly hands, to, his hands getting melted off. Yeah, falls to the floor, uh, gets in a car accident. Yeah, like flies through the windshield. Yeah, like he's in like a bad car accident. Crook mm-hmm. <laughs> walks his way back to the house to get stabbed. How many times do you think he gets stabbed? Oh yeah, it was like got, thirty, and they showed all of them. It it's was more like, than eight. It was like, <laughs> and he just he just keeps getting stabbed and screaming. It's more than eight. I'm fascinated that eight is your threshold. For, yeah, well, for mayhem, eight is like is seven a, is fine. But se- well, seven nine is over the line. Eight eight is like <laughs> we get it. <laughs> we get it. You're obsessive. Yeah, he's, you're, you know, you're, even, you got to keep it even. Right. Uh, you <laughs> even numbers there. Uh, but yeah, no, that yeah, guy. He took a he took a LV. Well, like I said, it, it, sometime the final guy in the Hills Have Eyes remake, the 2003 I think version. Yeah, take a, take a look at the beating that guy takes when he's still standing at the end of the Hills Have Eyes. I mean, he goes through a lot. It's, as soon as you said that, I was, like my brain was like, oh yeah, that guy kind of does get. <laughs> Because I always when it that movie's over, I'm like, there's no way that guy's still upright. There's just not, <laughs> no. it's not, it's not possible. He's like an accountant or something. I forget yeah. what his okay. What'd you what'd you think of the uh the music? I, well <laughs> the thing is, I didn't notice the music was bad. It's the music's bad, but I didn't notice the notice the music was bad when I watched it, because I don't have a great sound system. But I came where I watched it and you had like your speakers on your and I was like, Oh yeah, this is not great. The matter of fact there was a there was a shot where you we thought the movie was ending, and I totally saw because it felt like that might be where the movie ends. And you did that thing we all do internally, except for you did say it out loud. You groaned and you were like, "Oh, don't let this." Yeah, be it was right after the big bad shot. gets killed, and it cuts to like a shot of the sky, and I was like, "Don't you dare!" Right, but part of why that shot was so bad was because the music really badly swelled. Yeah, and it didn't earn it. <laughs> like it was, it sounded like the world was ending, but we the stakes were so I love the texas chainsaw remake mm-hmm. like i really like it. I, I think it, visually it's really like spot on right but i remember the last time i rewatched it one of the things that stuck out like a sore thumb was the really shitty like midi keyboard orchestra score oh okay um so why this, would this have that so much later well, so, in time? so so this didn't have the, the shitty orchestra thing but okay. what it did was is during scenes of dialogue it put in that early 2000s background music to sort of fill the scene uh so like they're talking and and you hear like that low yes it's it's very it's like it's really low but it's it's that i I mean i i swear to god i bet that sound file is called scary music like it has like it has to be and it or or it's called low and unnecessary yeah low and unnecessary (laughs) because that's the thing is like with those scenes like 
I mean, just think about this right. for like two seconds, okay? Right. You're you're in the editing room. You have a movie about this like castle, or this like you know, not castle, but it's a big it's a big like sort of in the uh, countryside. Yeah, totally. it's an isolated thing. Oh, it's a mansion. Yeah. Why don't you give us some isolation to match the house? Like that woman's all by herself. So how come when we're just talking to each other, we have to right. have elevator That's music? Such a good point. Like make it silent. Like like that. If you lose that soundtrack, right. It's just going to add a little bit more silence no, to you're it. Totally right, and a little bit of silence. No, goes no, a long you're way. totally right. And you know what's funny is um, the Ninth Gate, which got ignored when it was released, but I think has come around for a lot of people. Um, it is maybe the same level of budget this would have been, right? And it it does that in the it has the music where it needs it, and in the places where the atmosphere is totally spare, it just lets you be there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, this, and it part, really this pull, totally did not do that. It really, really pulls you out. To, a thousand percent. I agree. I noticed it. Matter of fact, that was like, I was, when that shot happened, I was more appalled by the music than the shot. Yeah. And you were like, I hope it doesn't end here. I'm like, I hope it doesn't end here because of the music. Yeah, it just it feels like a lot of things that like early aughts movies would do totally. because it was just like, maybe that's just maybe what you did. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it makes sense. So that 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 kind of that sucked in the now, 80s let's, thing. Let's just real quick talk about, because you actually came to the genre earlier than me it, the the hostile you know torture porn like whatever there are this goes kind of torture porn for what for a hot minute yeah for a hot minute what what did you think of all that sequence? that part actually made me like go <gasps> like my jaw kind of dropped um i didn't realize was she cutting his tongue mm-hmm. okay for some reason and she made she held his she had that technique to make him stick his tongue out yeah that part Shocked me, but it's 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 so funny. Like, cause she totally did that Kathy Bates misery style. She was just relentless and calm, and it was great. It was, I mean, that part was was really spot on. When I when I watched it, for some reason, it looked like she was holding his lower lip out. Cause mm-hmm. I was, I, cause honestly, the, I really thought the first part of the movie was kind of boring. Right. So I was just like playing my guitar, like kind of just totally. like you know doing some picking and dealing. <laughs> and uh, by the second half is when I really started to get into it. But I still had my guitar in my hand. I was kind of you know. But I was a lo- I was a lot more focused, you know, and when I looked up, I thought she was holding his lower lip and cutting his lower lip off. Right, and that to me freaked me the hell out. Like, that's like why? A, yeah, why would you? Because they're random. Yeah, because then you'd just be looking at someone's bottom teeth, and like that's kind of disgusting. You're like Doctor Fibes ish. Yeah, so I thought yeah. that I, I was I, that part. Like, I was like, what the hell? Like, really good. Um, the second half totally feels like a different movie. Right, the sewing sequence, horrifying. There was a moment where the only subtitle on your screen just said "sewing." I was like, "That word's never been more disturbing <laughs> by itself." And whatever you, because it was shot over Mrs. Green's. You're seeing over her shoulder. You're seeing Angela in the chair, but you're seeing it all from behind. And you see that motion. That motion the arms do, like kind of like a, of a music conductor, except for sewing. For and you're like, "Oh my god, this is not good." What'd you think of the? Um... The, the 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 effects like the the makeup and stuff like that um i felt like it was there was a reason the movie was as dark as it was at parts i yeah. I, I felt like even they knew there were some things they were pulling off like the unborn there are points where jumpy doesn't look great and there's points where he looks amazing so i felt like there were points where the girls were threatening and interesting and kind of haunting the little girls like the shining twins mm-hmm. but add one and then 
there were times where they didn't. It didn't look great to me. You know, um, the jump scare from the mannequin worked. That scared me worked too. Really well. Yeah. So I thought that effect was really good. Honestly, the 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 most amazing special effect in the movie is Florence Pugh's acting. Right. <laughs> so like I, it just felt like someone was in there who had thought through how a person would actually be instead of how this would usually go in a movie like this. Like in a movie like this, it usually would be they would t- say out loud, like if you think of the gallows, mm-hmm. they're telling you out loud every what the character's thinking because the characters, you know, it's very important to them that you know their backstory or their trauma or their whatever. Force View is accomplishing that with like, you know, half of the wink of an eye, right? So <laughs> it's it's really, it's kind of haunting. It's I got the same feeling as the acting that happened with um, in Midnight Mass with a... Um, Seagull, right? So, like, it's it's that to me. It's that was the greatest special effect. But no, I don't think some of the effects were very good. I think some of them were okay. It reminded me of um, like when Spirit Halloween rolls into town, mm-hmm. and like you go in and they have like the pre-made makeup things. That yeah, the lit the sewed lips look like a lot of those like pre-made, totally. <laughs> like, and the girls too. Yeah, had like that pre-made like yeah. It's so funny. I I feel like I've been saying. Oh no, I I think most of the things I've said are negative, but I don't feel really negative about the movie like i kind of that's the thing so i wrote this in my notes no way you tell me you kind of what i i can i can see a movie like this um because i i just finished watching it before recording right i think with like sitting with it a little bit i there are some parts that i think will grow on me because what's funny is even though i was bored like there's movies like when you're watching it and you're bored and you're completely checked out there was something about it that i didn't right maybe it was because i knew we had to do an episode Right, right, but I still there was still that hook of like Florence Pugh carrying all the scenes, right? And the idea behind it is naturally interesting. Right. When, when you fake something, it kind of the idea of like faking something and then it really happening to you feels very Tales from the Crypt. Yep, to me. Yep, and I think there there is something that ha- like a drawing appeal to. Totally. To that I, uh, type of story. Yeah, it's a great shape. of It's like the monkey's ball. That story always works, no matter how you... Because mm-hmm. the shape works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's right. I, that's the thing is... I, so here... I wrote this actually in the notes, right? When I was watching it. I was... I was like, is... Is... When you... If you're challenged to do something, right? Like if you're... If you're trapped on an island... If we're stranded on an island... And with what's available on the beach, you got to make a raft and you know that the next island is like 70 miles away. We got to make it 70 miles, right? You're going to build a raft. Is it going to be the greatest raft you're built? No. The grade of that raft is if you make it. <laughs> it's not how it looks. Yeah. It's not like whatever. That's the grade of the raft because it's not going to look great, right? I really feel like this movie was half just trying to get a horror movie made, <laughs> right? And, right, yeah. and get to the destination, because there were parts where it just didn't feel like the effort was extraordinary or like whatever. But then the other half of the movie felt way better than that. Mm-hmm. And and it was weird because it wasn't just second half, first half. It was like in layers, right? Sometimes a scene would be great and then go to, wait, why, why are you saying this? But there were interesting things happening. Like, for example, that I don't know the answer to. For example, why did the ghosts manifest only at Mrs. Green's? If Florence Pugh and her brother are actually psychic, hmm. why didn't they see any ghosts at any other of the jobs? The the dozens, yeah. if not hundreds, of con jobs 
were there no ghosts at any of those? And this is the first ghost they've come across? Or did their ability to see the ghosts come alive for some reason here? And if it came alive, was it manipulated by a force to come alive? Yeah, because in the first... That's that's a that's a great question. Because in the first haunt, um, Florence Pugh's character is shocked to see that first ghost. Right. Right. Yeah. Because they've been conning the whole time. They're not really psychic. They both know they're con artists. Neither of them believe, right? Mm-hmm. Angela, you know, starts to have feel, experience weird things, but she just writes it off because they're traumatized. They have a mom who killed herself, and they they were, you know, went through uh, hell, and their lives are not together. You, I mean, you shouldn't be conning people for money, right? What they're doing is inherently bad. It's weighing on on Angela's character, right? So, but I, it was just interesting, man. Like, why are the ghosts appearing here? And I thought. It would be the it would be interesting if the answer to it was these were the only real ghosts they ever came across and that real ghosts are super rare. Mm -hmm. Right. But do exist, but just way rarer than you'd think. And if you went to a thousand decrepit mansions across America, there'd be three with real ghosts in them. Right. And I thought I thought that's what the movie might be saying. And if it was, I thought that was interesting. The movie did open up with a quote. (laughs) That's how you know. It was like when people are dead, don't come back. Sometimes spirits stay. It wasn't a limerick. It wasn't. Wasn't a great quote. When the movie starts with a quote, you're like, ah, come on, man. It only works if you're the Coen Brothers. Yeah. Right. Very, very rare. Right. So I, I, that the ghost part was interesting. I also, you know, I guess the last thing is I thought. You know, there's been what I think of as the triumph of place lately in in movies and horror, right? It didn't used to be that way. Like, the most interesting about The Matrix isn't Zion, right? Zion's fine, but we're not watching The Matrix. If, if there's a spinoff Zion Matrix... It would, it would, Who's Zion? The, Is that a character in The Matrix? No, the place. The place where they all live. The real place. Dude, I, for some reason, was thinking... I was thinking the Zion. basketball player? Zion. I was like, I was like, no... No, this isn't. This is like no. You're like that's not what George is talking about. This is because <laughs> his ankles are broke. I was like, what's the guy? <laughs> he's not playing recently. He can't. He's no, not the one. No, he's not. The, he's not the one. Unfortunately, um, no. But the place there sometimes matters. Sometimes not in eras of movies or whatever. But I think and Mike Flanagan might be a big part of it. I think we're heading to the Overlook side of horror again, where Bly Manor and Haunting of Hill House and you know, even Winchester, you can tell that they really want to establish place now. And this movie it had some really cool shots and really established a place, but never bothered to name it or emphasize it. Yeah. Right? So it was point. like it was like Hill House if they didn't emphasize Hill House. It was more the haunting and less Hill House, right? And that's the weird part is it feels like a transition. It's a feel like movie that half understood where things were headed and half nailed it. The weatherman who gets it only half right. Exactly. Or like, or like the one who, who thinks, you know, that I'm going to bet that the best time to buy the stock is exactly seven days from now. And it turns out it's actually nine days from now, Mm -hmm. but everyone else thought it was two. So he's righter than all of us, but he's still wrong. Right. So it got some things right, but like it missed on the, it didn't establish the place. It had a strength it didn't know, right? So, but I thought that whole like place thing, I really enjoyed every time they were situating us in a place I could actually see when it wasn't too dark when the movie wasn't yeah. too dark to and, see. And, and the 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 house, um, 
was actually pretty cool. Exactly. Right. I kind of feel like, and even outside the house when they're wandering around, her her brother's ghost, all that stuff was shot really well. It was interesting. Yeah, there was a lot of great shots. I, I kind of wish they just never addressed that it was in the eighties. Like, I, I just want to go back and just erase where it says like nineteen eighty eight or some shit. Just <laughs> like get rid of it. Because I was thinking of... Um, I kind of love it. I kind of love they sh- sieved the 80s out of the 80s, and this is what's left. This weird anti-time. I hate it. I, hate it <laughs> I know so you hated it. It's so frustrating. But you also hated It Follows. And it's the same thing. It's an but, errorless... I don't think you like errorless... But... But... The atmosphere in It Follows was 10 times better. Because I wasn't able to, like, completely put a date on it. And the movie that I was going to bring up was final destination five they never say what year no it is but that they need to not say (laughs) yeah but but i feel like when you don't say it right you can just sort of mentally date it with your own technology with the technology and come up with a date in your head because the date's arbitrary right who gives a shit what year this right unless there's a reason for yeah, like House of the Devil set when it is for a reason, but this was set when it was, and it didn't feel like it didn't have a reason. So a feel- reason, but I like I said, I kind of love that there's there's one of these movies where they were like, we're gonna put it in the '80s, but subtract anything that's ever been done before, and this is what you get. I'm gonna do a modern <laughs> movie, and when the first scene opens up, I'm gonna be like 1897, just, just for no reason. I know you hate it. I can tell <laughs> for no reason. I, at no, all. it's totally fine. It, it makes it actually makes sense that you hate it, but I feel like a lot of movies have been dropping that era ball recently, whether it's the Wonder Woman sequel or... Oh, yeah, it's Wonder really Woman, hard yeah. to get right for some reason. Stran- I think Stranger Things was probably one of the, the best ones. Or, dude, I mean, Halloween Kills, mm-hmm. when they did the 70s thing, like, it actually felt like the 70s. Totally. So maybe, maybe... Maybe they figured it out. Yeah, I mean, right. That, Maybe Halloween can, Kills. That's what the... we wanted. Was a whole movie of that, like because you can really do that well when you do well. Yeah, they should just do the whole next one. <laughs> no, that's a tangent for another time. <laughs> so, okay, so where would we where would we place this? Right. So I'm gonna go first because I because I know <laughs> I'm not as negative on it. I know yeah. I've been saying a lot of bad stuff, but like there was something that really genuinely hooked me. But okay, but you go you go right. I just that's the thing is because I think that there are things in here that are way better than you would expect going into how you framed what you would expect from this. I didn't even think of that. That's genius. I, You're right. This is the literally the first time in like how low can we go history when you message me like where you can stream and I didn't have to send you something weird back. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to be like, you know, Tubi or free yeah. trial, Paramount Plus. Like, <laughs> like you mean like uh, it's trial. always something like that. But like in this case... I was just like, it's on Netflix. And I didn't realize that that was strange until you said it out loud. And I'm like, oh, that's right. It's strange. Why is this movie just sitting on Netflix with Lawrence Pugh in it? Who's blown up, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Usually when someone does something, you go back and you track back. Like, it's not like Leonardo's first, DiCaprio's first movie is unknown. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, there's people who went back and found, like, Children Accord three because Charlie's Theron is over. Whatever, like whatever. You find these things, but here she is, and no one's talking about this movie, and it, it's it's better than that. So because it should be, if it was higher rated, I think more people would see it. I'm gonna make it seventy flat. I'm gonna go with sixty. I want I wanted to make it eighty, just to be in the eighties for you. For <laughs> nah, you, be, no, because then <laughs> but both, it's not the eighties. You and the movie would be liars. Yes. All right. What do you got? Um. I kind of wanted to say 66%. 
How about 55? I can't. 55. 55. <laughs> I just wanted to hear you do say hangover. 55. <laughs> I would. Uh, <laughs> 62 or 66. I don't know which one of those numbers. So, right? 66 came up first. Six, get, let's go 66. Gut. That's fair. So, if you average out our answer, because I said something, you said 66. It's at 68. That's. That's perfect. That's fair. It's perfect for this. That's fair. I mean, it's, I mean, on Rotten Tomatoes, it is fifty-five, so it's not a stretch to like. Because the thing is, also one of the reasons we even came across this is because when you go investigate a lot of our, how low can we go? When you go to an aggregator site, it always gives you that dumb. And you should not rely on this, but like, it gives you the dumb thumbnail of like five encapsulated reviews, and we all scan the first couple sentences to get the mm-hmm. vibe of you know whatever. And I'm usually, it's usually like for our movies, like especially the lower we go, even if it's a, even if it's a tomato or a positive or whatever rating inside, it'll be like, this movie's not great, but man, you know, it's fun to see X, right? Mm-hmm. These weren't that. These were like, wow, I went to interesting places or was way more dark and depressing than I expected or what got way more gra- graphic than I like the the reviews seemed more um, like the something in it grabbed them right. So if, if we move it up to sixty eight percent and more people see those little reviews on there, more people will watch it. I feel like sometimes those like tomato like the like the good <laughs> reviews are liars. They're like they are. I, I, like I swear to God, I, I think I saw one that gave it like a tomato and it was like two out of four, and I was like, but this, <laughs> but is it real? Like I forget what it was, but I was I just read it and I was like, that guy's a liar. <laughs> He just <laughs> he just wants to get the next screener. I'll tell you this though, there's another secret rating happening here, and the secret rating is this is my least favorite of the new Hello Can We Go series so far in terms of the movies. I don't know exactly how I'd rank them yet, but it's Ooh. definitely it's definitely. I can tell you right now, Chud is my favorite. Chud is yeah, Chud is my. I've been thinking about that movie since like last week when we watched <laughs> totally, it and did an totally, episode. Like I, totally. I dude. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's Daniel Stern and the fact that it was, <laughs> or the fact that it was, uh, and I keep forgetting the other guy's name, but he was in Home Alone too. The, uh, the father, the main character. Right, right. I always forget that that actor's name. I don't know if it's because they were in it, and like I grew up watching Home Alone, and I, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but there's something about Chud that I just keep. Well, thinking it's more about. than that. It's always more than that with you, because when a movie really sticks with you, which doesn't happen a lot, when you, when when we figure out the reasons, it's always. You know, it's it's more than just that. Like, there's some reason Chud stick with you besides the whatever. But you also remember you. I mean, obviously, you're a big creature feature person. Like, you like creature features. That's but even the it, creatures that I liked, I think the ones in Chud look kind of bad. But like, I don't know, <laughs> man. Like, something about the movie. Like, so, there's something strange about Chud. Right, here's what we've done since we've come back. Right? Okay. So we did uh, VHS ninety four. We did. Wait, is that no? No, that sorry, was just a bad. review. Review. Hold on, I got it. We technically we did, started with. We did Exorcist three technically. Taste the blood of Dracula and Chud, and now. I don't this. consider Exorcist three as part of the. Okay, so Taste the Blood of Dracula, Chud, and this. So we were rank it Chud, Taste the Blood of Dracula, and Malevolent. So far. Weird. I uh, you know you know I wonder who's going to be surfing the the list the most going up and down the further we go. Right. I have a feeling Taste the Blood of Dracula is going to be like bouncing up. Like the more we add to it. Yeah, that's a good point because it seems like it could slot in a couple of places. Yeah, I don't know. That was that's that was a that was a weird. It movie. depends on how much good stuff we we stole from ourselves in the first iteration of this because there right there will be times where we're like we got to find a movie at thirty two percent and I'll look and there's like seven viable movies. 
And the only good one, or possibly good one, will be the one we did on the last time, the last pass through. And now we're left with. You, you know, know what's going to be interesting, though, is, and we should try to make a note of that when the further down we go mm-hmm. on the list, is, is there a point in time where the first pass we thought it was going to be a better movie? And so we shunned whatever movie we were doing now, but that movie ended up being better. Right. There's. There's got to be some. There's got to be at least one of those. I mean, first of all, Chud is one of those. Because let's be honest, I saw Chud for the first time. We didn't pick it. We must have picked something oh, else. Yeah, we already did it. For <laughs> that, right? I mean, we never did Chud. So, that, I mean, that's already happened once. But the the other thing is the aggregator sites are not to be trusted. Like, it's not like they're set in stone. The, the no. movies also move up and down in the first Well, Chud also was weird. But they generally stay where they are unless something weird happens. Something weird was with Chud. If you go and you look at the Rotten Tomato reviews of that movie, mm-hmm. the review dates date from like I'm pretty sure it's like 2016 to like 2002. Yeah, that is weird. Why? Whereas you know all the modern movies, everyone gets their their take in there now, and it's just kind of interesting that with some movies, I think you know some of them age better, some of them age worse, and Chud seemed to have aged better because I think one of the most Recent I, reviews I was L.A. Times. I could be I could be wrong on this, but that's what I no, that's I what that's, I remember. I think that's right. And and you know sometimes obviously that's that happens with some of these. Exorcist Three itself. Matter of fact, the only movie on our whole list so far. Well, no, that's not true. Taste no one likes Taste of Love <laughs> except for us. But the the you know Chud definitely came back some. But I think I. Here's the thing, though. I, it's going to get really hard once we go into the 20s to find movies that are even anyone even had a renaissance for. I think on the first pass, the lowest we that I could scan, that I couldn't find something that I was like, that's a masterpiece, why is that there, is Event Horizon. Event Horizon was 23%. Below 23%, I don't remember ever seeing a name that was better than Event Horizon. Yeah, that's that's kind of a high. So Event bar. Horizon is right, but right there's no I can't I can't remember ever coming across a movie better than Event Horizon. But how rated under twenty two percent or lower? But that's kind of a great thing <laughs> for like just fans of of, of horror movies because if twenty three percent is Event Horizon, then you got from twenty three all right. the way up to ninety nine, right? And totally. that is such a huge ass chunk. That's- to pull movies well from. and also I, the part of doing this uh, again is to also try other aggressors but maybe find things we missed there might be a masterpiece down there at 18 who knows like what do i know it's a, that's what i'm hoping for we're just not there yet we need your help listeners to yes to find those diamonds in the in the really rough uh because we only get one crack at it like you're hearing us regret that we missed you Three years ago, I do. That still blows my mind. <laughs> don't let us miss. Yeah, again. don't let us miss a chud. <laughs> <laughs> so join, join. Uh, primarily, all the voting. Yes. Uh, primarily, all the voting uh, is happening on the Facebook group. Yes, join us there. On Hollow, at Hollow Weekly. Right, but if you're understandably opposed to Facebook, well, you can connect to those Instagram. Yeah, anywhere, just, uh, yeah. Just, just if you, if you have a good one, just message us anywhere else. It literally anywhere else. Yep. And uh, yeah, until next time. Stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. And if you're listening to this and you're one of the listeners in the States, uh, while you're gnawing on some turkey leg mm-hmm. tomorrow, because I'll probably get this up tonight, mm-hmm. put in your vote. Put in your vote for 54%. I don't even know what is in 54%. I don't either. I didn't look that far ahead this time. 
I want this to be a little more surprising for me. The first time we did, I was so excited. I like scanned like a lot of the percentage, just a real quick scan, but I looked at a lot of them. So this time I'm, I want it to be fresh. So I haven't looked at that. It is way more exciting when I don't, because like this, even just like this, I feel like this movie got thrown at me this morning and I was like, all right, let's just, let's just hop in. Well, you know, what's funny is (laughs) I hate to say it and throw ourselves under the bus, but the Facebook group picked Chud. We picked the level. <laughs> That's a great I, point. We, so we, we should suck at picking movies. <laughs> we are really bad. No, I don't think we suck. I, I love this movie. But yeah, I I think that you're... Yeah, I mean, I can see... I It's not a chud. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it is a chud. It's weird to say. I don't even know It is, but it ain't. Here, but all right. Okay, until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. Help us vote for the next movie, and we'll see you at 55%. 54%. 50, bye, guys. 54%. <laughs> I can't drive 55 anymore. All right, we're out of here.